What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we've got Cannabis Keenan back in studio and a very special guest all the way from the Big Apple, New York City. We've got our good friend, Michigan Mike. Let's run the theme. If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz route on the mic. You got Cannabis Keenan. He's all right. Caitlin is giving all she can give and Calvin doesn't even Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. We are the Real Buzzed crew. I'm Real Buzz Rob. Uh, <clears throat> don't you mean uh, Jack Daniels? He may be Jack to you, son, but when you've known him as long as I have, you call him John. <laughs> did you cut it off on purpose there so you could finish it? No, I didn't, but I was pissed off that the clip was cut off, and I was like, I got to finish it because yeah, it, that, that's well. the whole line. I don't know why they cut it off there. Uh, and to my left, we have Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Cannibal, a.k.a. Cannabis Keenan, a.k.a. Keenan the Barbarian, Keenan Robertson. Damn it. Get some rubber gloves. From now on, you're my cleaning lady. Hello, everybody. How's it going? And welcome to Michigan Mike from New York. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Should, we should mention it. Welcome to the city. He's originally from Michigan. Uh, originally, you... Uh, well, let's introduce him first. Oh, yeah. Michigan Mike... A.K.A. regular vice correspondent, Michigan Mike. Say what's up, Michigan Mike! I was right in the middle of a fucking reptile zoo. And somebody was giving booze to these goddamn things. We'll be along now until they tear it to shreds. (laughs) Hey, man, thanks for coming on, Mike. And we should say, so Mike is originally from Michigan, and... uh, I met Mike through Keenan, and Keenan and Mike were great friends uh, from online video gaming. Yeah, we SOCOM two. We played SOCOM, SOCOM two. two, PlayStation two on the PlayStation, PlayStation two. two, starting back in like '03 or some shit like that. I've known I've known this guy for a long time, and you know, you you were uh, you went to his wedding. Yeah, he was the best man there. You not, know? not only did he go, but he was the best man, yeah. so he was better than I was. I did not know that information. So I, the best yeah. man at Michigan Mike's wedding. Was Michigan That's Mike's right. wedding, was was it in the South, where your wife's family's from? Absolutely. All right, I so mean, in, in Louisiana. The, the depths, the bowels of the, the bayou, man. Yeah, down there where the, where the gators are, uh, you know, chomping and... Uh, the feet are stomping. You know? <laughs> the feet are stomping. I think that's a Louisiana statement. Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mrs. Adams. So is that is that a, a, an actual saying from the South Keener, or did you just... No, I just made that no. up. Oh, I was I, just I, rambling if it's, It uh, should be, no then. Way. If it's not, it should be. That's that's. Uh, I sold it like it was. Yeah, no, I? I literally thought, like, no, he didn't come up with that. Where the gators are chomping and the feet are stomping. Laissez-les bon but anyway, I don't, yeah. I don't speak German, so man, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Keenan. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome here, Mike. Uh, he's one of my oldest, dearest friends, and uh, a, a supporter of this podcast since we launched it. He he's encouraged it every step of the way. So 
He he said they he was have coming like to town. Sixty episodes. I'm twenty episodes in. I was hooked from the beginning. I mean, yeah, but he said he was coming to town. And he said, "Can I be on Real Buzz Takes?" And I said, "We can make that happen." And not to shit on any of our other guests we've had because we've had a lot of fantastic guests, but this is one that's actually um, someone who's legitimate in the media world. Uh, he's been all over the world working for Vice. You were in Iraq, uh, what two three weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah, but I mean, this is way more interesting than <laughs> than <Iraq. laughs> Oh, make sure you pull that mic up close to your face. Oh yeah, here we go. There, yeah, we, yeah there it is. Oh, I yeah, the timber hear yourself so much very, better. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the timber, the timber is uh, is it's much more sexier. I feel like it could be on, so, like, on a late night talk show or something. What well, is your really? nationality? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who knows? I don't even know my dad. So, <laughs> so since we had such a special guest today on the podcast, I let him choose whatever film he wanted, and uh, this is a film I'd never seen before. And the film we're reviewing today is with Nail or with Nail with Nail. I think with Nail with Nail. I think I it's think, with Nail. I think the Americanized is version. with Nail with, with Nail and yeah. I. But I think they pronounce it with Nail with Nail and I with Nail. And it's uh, it's and I remember just just starting. I'm like, this is a this is the type of movie we've never done on this podcast, and it, it was going to be exciting. It's very uh, British. It's very dry. It's very comedy drama with a hint of art house, and it was an exciting. It was a great movie to watch. It was very funny. Uh, directed by Bruce Robinson, this was Bruce's directorial debut. First first movie ever directed. Uh, before, is that uh, what debut means? Yes. Right. Yes, it is. I don't know if I don't know if you're R worded, but yes. Uh, virgin another way. It's like her, That's a, yeah. He her, popped his cherry his on this or movie. her debut, you know, into the into the sex world now. So. Uh, he did a couple of big movies after this. There was How to Get Ahead in Advertising. He directed that. There was a movie called Jennifer Eight I didn't recognize, but was pretty big. What did from she a eat? box office standpoint? Yeah, and it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't that movie. <laughs> well, what happened with the first seven Jennifer movies? All right, sorry, bad joke. Anyway. And also directed uh, one of, I love this movie. We've talked about it on prior pods. Keenan doesn't. The Rum Diary. He directed that as well. Yeah, uh, we were actually talking about that in the car ride over. Not even about Bruce Robinson, but. Uh, just about the Rum Diary. The Rum Diary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, you know, it was. I feel like it was one movie. It was a movie that was aesthetically really enjoyable to watch, and Johnny Depp is always fun when he's acting. And it decided to go. It didn't. You couldn't tell it was Hunter Thompson until like the last twenty minutes, or maybe the last fifteen, when the newspaper closes down and he gets in. He starts talking about the bastards, and like you realize, oh, this is Hunter. This is Hunter for sure. I think. I think it was really made for people that were big fans of Hunter, and maybe you know some some people that were big fans of. Johnny Depp, but I, th I think really it was kind of a swan song to, to feel that Red Hunter. I don't know what you think. About that. Yeah, well, I don't know. So I think it was a big fan, or it was a movie for big fans of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and like Psychedelic Hunter, but the book itself, it, the spirit of the book itself just wasn't captured with well, the see, movie. So mm -hmm. I, I don't, I didn't pick that up with the rum diary. I, di I didn't get the psychedelic aspect. I, I, it, it, I felt like to me almost like, um, a feel good movie. I felt like when I was watching it, I was on vacation from the first shot where you've got yeah. and it's just a you know a plane, and then he wakes up and his fucking his eyes are fucked up. And it's, I I felt like it was uh, a, a a version of fear and loathing that could be metabolized and enjoyed by the general public for it's, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a better and like an maybe a watered down version. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like the marijuana to 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 Thompson. You don't want to like take the acid right away. You know, you don't want to go straight fear and loathing. You want to, you know, get a little. You're bit right. Of, it's it's like the people who want to smoke weed and not drop acid in mescaline. Exactly. Yeah. 
so cast in this movie, I only focused on the main two. I thought this was more of a duo cast. Found out because I researched before I watched uh, more into the movie that it's definitely a trio cast. We had Richard E. Grant as uh, Withnell, and then Paul McGann as well. He's credited as and I, but his name's Marwood. Honorable mention, he should have been in the cast, not honorable mention, but uh, Richard Griffiths, which was uh, Uncle Dursley from Harry Potter. Uh, weird thing I fucking noticed. Dude, he looked old as shit in this movie. He's like 42. Yeah, and you can tell <laughs> that like in some of the later scenes when you get up close, like that those jowls are Oh, very dude, smooth. he was morbidly obese. Uh, very fat, but like real smooth. Like I would, yeah, very you know, smooth around very, the face. Yeah, yeah. Very, very smooth man. So he died back in 2013, and he was only Holy shit. I did not know that he was only 65. He wasn't I knew that he old. Wow. I, I thought I that. thought he was like 78 in Harry Potter. Yeah, he looked pretty fucking old. <laughs> yeah, if you go back and watch Harry Potter four or whatever, he looks super old. No, he was he was uh, early 60s, mid yeah, and- 61 to 60. Yeah, it was maybe maybe even before 60s, depending on which Harry Potter you're watching. He was on the first couple episodes of a show called Episodes on Showtime. I remember that. Yeah, with uh, the British couple who wrote for Joey from Friends. Yeah, and he looked super old in that too. So I guess you know British people, bad teeth, age. Age fast. Well, Jesus. I don't think it helps that he's almost four hundred pounds. I, think, <laughs> I don't mean to typecast. Yeah, him I think all, I think the obesity. Probably I don't think the fact that it's British. I think it's the too. fact that he was four hundred pounds most yeah. of his. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, no dig on him. He's a great actor, though. Fantastic actor. No, he. I mean, honestly, the most, the most, the the probably probably the most uncomfortable moments in that movie. There, there's a lot of down and out moments in that movie, but. That last scene, or like towards the end of the movie, when he's in the bedroom and when know, he's sedu- trying, to, trying yeah, to seduce, yeah, Marwood, it's it's almost like I kind of feel for him. I mean, it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit. You me feel too. a little bad for him, yeah. yeah, yeah he's no, a, I, I no think, he's I think, a morbidly obese homosexual in the '60s. It's got to be pretty hard to find partners. But at the same time, I mean, he's he's like, I mean, there's there's it's like broaching on rape. You know, oh no, for point. sure. Well, in his defense, he was under the assumption that. Marwood was a closeted homosexual. Exactly, but at the same time, I mean, you're forcing yourself on someone. This is that's why I think even from the beginning of this movie to the end, I mean, there there were some pretty present themes that we're seeing today. Well, yeah, and I've you feel the worst for him whenever they read that letter. Mike, scoot after, that thing a little closer to you. After uh, I'm not good with things close. Then you're good. To my mouth. You basically just just like tongue it like oh like just okay, do that. Get, get real in on yeah. it. Okay, get oh, real in on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting better. But after he tries to get on Marwood and Marwood goes and talks to Withnall and he's like, why would you do that? And then he writes a letter. He's like, the eavesdroppers must leave in the night. Like he, I don't know. He, he pretty much says, I realized you were just fucking with me. So I'm, that's why I'm leaving. And yeah. yeah. And last feel bad for Griffiths. He seems like almost a classically trained, almost Shakespearean type of actor. I'm pretty sure he is. Just, yeah. Just the way he delivers his lines and the way he articulates. I really get this kind of traditional um, acting <clears throat> um, some some sort of training, but yeah. Well, uh, and even with the way that Withnall acts and him Withnall being Monty's nephew or whatever, yes. they both go into random fucking. Yeah. Also, this guy must make his fucking nut on playing uncles. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, he. You need al- an uncle. It's always that character. It feels yeah. always like he plays. He's the fat that uncle. Guy. Like yeah. if he were American, he would. Like, okay, honestly, just hear me out. If you were still alive. And they were doing a biopic on Andy Reid. First choice. That yep. guy. I, I'll yeah. agree with that. He could do the mustache. He'd have to, honestly, 
I love Fat Andy, it, but he'd have to he'd have to lose some weight. He's, he's a little too fat to play Fat Andy. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on to cast. Cast. Nope. Sorry. Moving on, we already did cast. We're going to start with Richard E. Grant. Before this, known for a series, TV series called Sweet Sixteen. That, and then this was his first feature. After this, he was in L.A. Story, Hudson Hawk, which was that uh, early '90s Bruce Willis film. I don't think I've ever seen that. In fact, I I don't know if I've seen Richard E. Grant from With Null and I until he played in uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me, the uh, most recent film. Wow. Okay, yeah, because like I, I have that. Uh, he was also in Spice World, the Spice Girls movie. Do you have Gosford Park? I do it. He was in Gosford Park, okay, the, the Garden right. of Eden, Doctor Who, Downton Abbey, which every even decent English actor was in. It's kind of a follow up to Gosford Park. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he was uh, had a small part in the movie Logan, which is my favorite Wolverine movie. And he also has a part in the Hitman's Bodyguard and the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard coming up. Uh, yeah, I just watched Gosford Park. That's that's kind of a dry movie, but yeah, very, very, very dry, very English. Good to watch in the fall every now yeah, and then. Of it's course, it's yeah. kind of a dreary rainy day type movie, and I just watched okay. it uh, like probably five, six days ago, something like that. So, so I feel, it was weird seeing him in that as like a, a snobby wait, what's butler. About, I, you, I he's, feel terrible now because I don't I don't know what you're talking. He's about. like a Gosford Park is pretty much Downton Abbey. It's like the yeah, it um, is. the serving class and then the aristocracy and like shows okay. both sides of it and it's and he plays a snobby butler but seeing him as with in this it's like fuck this was the first time he actually let go and showed some emotion yeah. because i feel like a lot of english cinema kind of reflects their how they uh express their feelings which is they don't so if when you watch <laughs> bottle Go- it up and then die yes. so when you watch gosford park and you watch um, downton abbey it's very much like uh, it's very proper. Or even you could talk about The Crown that's on Netflix right now, and you look at the royal family. They're big on never showing emotion. I don't quite understand that, but it's definitely ingrained in their culture, and I well, think that reflects proper, in their cinema. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's <laughs> – yeah, because I'm a crass fucking American, so what do I know? Right. You wear your heart on your sleeve. You're a little fucking bitch, isn't it? Are you being thick? <laughs> being thick. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's terrible. That was just pretty much – I was pretty much doing uh, Ralph Fiennes from – uh, in Bruges. In Bruges. You being thick. <clears throat> anyway. My cunt fucking kids. Paul McGann. Before this, known for a TV series, give us a break. Uh, another TV series called The Monoclid Mutineer. After this. I don't nope. know what any of these things are. No, no, no. <laughs> After this, he's known for some bangers Empire of the Sun. Okay. Okay. Alien, right. Alien 3. The Three Musketeers. Queen of the Damned, rest in peace, Aaliyah, uh-huh. Doctor Who, and then that really cool Idris Elba uh, British TV series, Luther. I haven't uh, watched it, yeah, yeah, but it yeah, does yeah. look like a cool show. Big big Idris fan. Yeah, I, yeah. Idris Elba is just cool, so he's probably got a cool show. Oh, Idris, Idris is dope as fuck. I was hoping that with Paul McGinn, because I didn't look him up, and I was hoping that I would recognize, I'd be like, oh, that's what I recognize him from, but from... What you just read, like, no, I don't, no, I don't think I really know him. That's the thing. Like a couple movies that I, like Empire of the Sun. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen him in that. Cause Christian I, Bale's I saw a baby. That. Yeah. 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 That, that's about it. But I've never yeah. seen Alien 3, and I never saw Queen never of the Damned. never saw Alien 3 either. Or Hitman's Bodyguard. The Three so. Musketeers? That 93 version with the... I, I mean, I probably saw it when I was a kid, but... D'Artagnan. Oh, yeah. Was he D'Artagnan? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then never mind. 
But so with Alien 3, so uh, apparently, and this is me reading the Wikipedia article before I got here. Uh, so that, the is that Scott? Did Scott direct that? Ridley thing? Scott did not direct the third one. He directed number one and number two. Okay. And then uh, three, had he had nothing to do with. Okay, so for the third one, though, they were trying to get Richard, uh, whoever played Paul McGann, and... Um, Danny's character, Ralph Brown, I think it was the guy who had the massive. Uh, you're talking about the massive joint, yeah, massive joint. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So they were trying to get those three. So I think Paul McGann and Ralph Brown joined on, but Richard bowed out from. Oh, really? They were trying to get this yeah, cast to pretty get, much to get everybody on that cast. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I so never somebody, saw Alien Three. Played 3. it in the in the vein of of Withnal when when they. Yeah, so they hear me out. I'm being ignorant here. Ridley Scott, British. I think American? so. Oh wait, really? I don't I know. I think he's British. It sounds no like he has a lot clue. of connection to British actors. I always thought he was British. Russell yeah, Crowe, he's Australian, right? Yes, he is Australian. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, look it up. But brother, uh, what was his brother's name? Who I think committed suicide, yeah. right? English yeah. film director. Okay, he's English. Are you talking about so Ridley Rid Scott's brother? Yeah, really. Uh, uh, God, Jesus Christ, Tony Scott. Jesus Tony God, Scott. Man. Tony yes. Scott, the guy directed so, Top Gun. Yes, yes. Yeah. He also directed Black Hawk Down. He right? did. Yes. Okay, so he. I mean that he he's ma he's mainly done like action big big action, big budget action American films. yes action flicks yeah so yeah Tony Scott has done some actually some pretty amazing films like the taking uh not uh what's that one with um John Travolta no 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 uh Chris Chris Pine and Denzel Washington Unmovable Train oh uh, Man on Fire Unstoppable 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 that, that was yeah. that was Tony's last film yeah, and it was a good one wait where is he. I, I just have Tony Scott on Wikipedia, so I was wondering which one you guys were going to say. But anyway, I mean, I, I, directed I don't know by face, but, but both brothers, fucking prolific directors. Yeah, for it, sure. That's like the Manning family of directors. Like, you know how like uh, Archie Manning had two sons that were both Super Bowl champions and Super Bowl MVPs. Like the, whoever fucking Ridley Scott, fucking Scott's dad is just had two sons that are super prolific, great directors. Like, what are the odds? Like, freeze that guy's sperm. Like, do something. <laughs> God, they gotta be great sperm. Yeah, dude. Like, I feel like he just fucks movies into people. I don't know. Do you know, think man. those sperm are so good because they like block out? Like, all right, you gotta go in here. You guys wait here. Let's get the shot. Let's get the shot. Let's get the shot. Oh, oh, sorry. You're, when it you're, you're blocking his semen. On, yeah, one of the okay. sperms are the director. No, I like that. that one that, in that's there. very you cool. Block into here. Yeah, that's very cool. So it's like, hold on. Let's get it. Just set it up. Let's get the shot. No, I bet no, I bet he frames when he blasts though, right? Like so he's like, hold on, before I go. And then he like has a monitor and he's like, hold on. No, it's good. All right, let's do it. Man, Ridley Scott didn't even direct this movie. <laughs> We're talking all yeah, about no, that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh moving on to Networks. Two so, chains. Richard E. Grant. I'll let you guys uh have a guess. So I mean, I, I, I fucking I know what it is. It's it's okay, you, you know. Yeah, well, let I me go first. Know, okay, yeah, yeah Keenan, go you ahead. You go first. What I'll say about Richard E. Grant, like I said, I saw him in Gosford Park. Yeah. Uh and he seems like he's that British guy in Very a lot of Very prolific English actor. He has a bunch of credits I didn't mention because they were uh mostly yeah, like BBC parts. type yeah, stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. And I, I I feel like he's usually not the leading guy, but he's done a lot of stuff. So with all that being said, I'm gonna say that he's worth ten million British pounds. Okay, I don't know how to do the. So you can say ten million American dollars. I don't care. I, yeah, well, I'm not, it'd be I'm not sure. That, yeah, I'm not, the yeah. pounds was supposed to be a joke. Whatever. I don't know. Ten just, million. Ten million smackaroos. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Ten million, ten million smacks. All right. So see if Mike actually knows what it is. I, I think it's four million. I think it's I think it is four, it million. Easy, four million. Four million. Four million dollars. Yeah. Four million smack. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now I feel bad. No, don't feel I bad. Listened to, I, I listened to the show before and then I like got all the you know You just want to do good on the episode. I get it. You know, you I know? Just, we'll see how you do oh, it. Yeah. We'll see how you, if you researched uh tipsy trivia or not. We'll find out. Oh shit. I got I, I have a few beers to go, I think. All right. <laughs> Paul McGann. Paul McCann's. I um, couldn't find this one. I really couldn't find it. Okay. Oh, I found it pretty easily. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. oh God. This is me Googling on the plane on the uh, flight just over Just to here, g- so. give you uh, some reference, from reference, he's worth more than Richard E. Grant, which I was kind of surprised about. That's kind of crazy, man. And Richard E. Grant was Because he did Alien 3. I think maybe that's why. Well, no, no, no. You know? You know, yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know what? I'm actually not that surprised. He did, he did some big movies. But I'm going to say $10 million again, then. Okay. I'm going to say 15 Seven. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Seven million. So overshot that. He's Good been, for him. He's doing fine. I mean, the guy's been on Queen of the Damn, Doctor Who. Three Musketeers. He, he's got a he's got a credible um, list of shit he's done. He he aged far better than oh yeah Grant did. oh for sure. He still kind of looks you know like the sexy Paul McGann that he was in uh, in Withnal. Was he sexy in this movie? I thought so. I like, think he for was the, the sexier what, of the you two. Know what I, you know what I really <laughs> yes, like? That's true. That's true. He that's had true. these like, big thick nanes on, like, veins on his neck, and I appreciate that. The like, first thing I thought was like, all right, so <laughs> we had shaving. I mean, so, that's just me, man. When man. the movie sets in and we see Paul McGann, I'm like, oh, this is fucking uh, alcoholic, manic, depressive John Lennon. Mm. Yes, it, it very John Lennon yeah. vibe. Oh, yeah. By the way, George Harrison was an executive producer. I saw that. Did I wasn't. That? Was it the George Harrison? I, no. So I saw that and I was gonna look it up, but I fucking forgot to. Because I up no no I no Mike, there. I had the same thought. I'm like, could it? Could it? Nah, it's probably not. I could I, see I it being. So. Yeah, I, I could, could see, see it being. Be because they played a they played a Beatles song at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. The, the movie. Yeah. And I could see it being a George. I mean, this was like, what do they say? This is like the. Um, like the quintessential cult British classic. Like, that's true. That's yeah. not American that's a great cult point. classic. So this could be this could be George Harrison kind of like flexing some muscle here. Well, yeah, but he didn't realize he was doing it if he was producing the film. I mean, that's true. But I this, mean, this film, critically, I don't want to ruin things later. Did really well. It, it, it's it's well mean, regarded as a great a film. Very, yeah, it's a it, it is a really good film. I mean, from a from a subjective standpoint, beautifully shot, lovely acted. Oh yeah, beautifully it, written. It, it's. Uh, Yes, I agree. And it's one of those movies where it's, um, from a plot standpoint, not a lot happens, but it's more about the character development and it's more about what happens between the characters than what goes on within the movie. And it's a comedy, so you the interaction between the characters is more important than plot points of this happens, then this happens, and this happens. It's no, this interaction happens, then this interaction happens, then this interaction happens. Right. And uh, it, it's a good it's a good movie. That being said, uh, uh, Calvin would fucking hate this movie. He wouldn't get through twenty minutes of it. He'd be like, "I don't get it. What are we watching this for? Where's Captain America?" Calvin, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm glad you're not here this week. Even though I'd love to see you, but I feel like, yeah, I like I like, like Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Where's Where's Black Widow? I, all right, I'm gonna stop listing Marvel heroes. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you looked, you have something to say, do you not? No, yeah, no. Oh, all right. <laughs> moving on to Specs and Deets. Yes, indeed. Runtime on this film was 107 minutes. Budget unknown was not listed. Opened at not listed. Grossed 
uh, 1.5 million in the U.S. globally, gross 1.63 million. So I, I'm gonna say this movie probably lost money. I would say so, but yeah. I don't think this movie was made to make money. If that makes sense, um, a lot of I hesitate to call this an art house film, but I think it's an art house film in a lot of ways. It's it is um, it's very British. It's very dry, and it's not a comedy in the traditional way that comedies play out. But it is very much a comedy. It's a comedy for people who like to watch comedies that you know don't have to be like Talladega Nights about a Ricky Bobby. Like if you can pay attention to dialogue and you can really invest yourself in the characters and what they're saying to each other, it's a really funny movie. And while I don't think that resonates with a lot of the general public, I still that doesn't make it a bad like a poorly made film. I think it's really well done. I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I think I, I for the most part, I mean, I I think you kind of feel 107 minutes towards the end. There, there's parts I, a little I, bit. I agree with that. I, I don't know if it's because I've seen it so many times. No, you could cut some stuff. Yeah, I think there's. I, I think there. But it, it's also what I think it's Richard E. Grant's first film. It's, it's both of their Bruce first. Bruce Robbins first film. First film. Uh, it's basically everyone's first yeah, feature. So th- this is. Th- could you imagine like making a a film that is still watched today and is being reviewed on like some millennial podcast? And yeah, yet, exactly. You know, people are still talking about it. Like, this is your first fucking and I think that's foray what, the, into the, the film wasn't cinema. made to be a mainstream success. It was no. made to be as a piece of art talked about later. For sure. For sure. And I think it stands the test of time. And there's a reason it was on HBO Max. Like, they, they don't program that shit because people won't watch it. Yeah, I think it's just a very uh, a very witty, kind of sharp type of movie. Like, uh, like you said, you kind of have to be paying attention to the dialogue yep. to get a lot of the humor. But if you pay enough attention, you can get a lot out of this movie. Um, it's, it's just not very in your face, uh, with its humor and stuff. Like yeah. That. From a commercial, it's not, uh, from a commercial aspect, it's not that, that Tommy boy kind of funny. That's not f- like physical humor. It's, uh, if, if you want to get the humor, you have to pay attention to the dialogue and pay attention to the character development. It's not, it's not easy in that way, Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean, I mean, it, th- that makes it in a way more rewarding when you do get the joke, if that makes sense. You know, it's not easy like, oh, you know, when, it, for example, Tommy Boy, when he comes up and Richard knocks on the door and he's, you know, comes up and, you know, he's, he drops his towel and his ass is showing. And like, don't get me wrong. That's really funny. And I'm not saying anything against that at all. It's just a different kind of funny. Yeah, I think there's a level of humor here that you kind of have to buy into a little bit in the beginning. I mean, you really have to be committed. And I think for me, at least on this last time watching it, and I was talking to Keenan about this earlier Putting the subtitles on really helped. Yep, hundred percent had the subtitles on, yeah, and I recommend you, everyone else who watches it does too. For sure. I mean, if you didn't grow up in the UK, if you didn't grow up in London, and don't know the accent very well, there's so much I missed in this film that Dude, wasn't. You know, I googled that. at least three words of slang that's coming up in my notes in the yeah. rundown, where I'm like, "Oh, that's what that means." And it, I'm glad you googled him. I'm interested to see which ones I, you did. I, I googled them because I'm like, "What the fuck is?" And then I just googled this. I'm like, "I don't know what this means." Um, so plot keywords. If you- Oh, well, I like that. That's yeah, cool. a little too much. Uh, number one, friendship. Great. Number two, <laughs> black comedy. I'm not sure this was a black comedy. I didn't see it that dark. I mean, it wasn't that dark. So there's in a Bruges little... is a black comedy. This in is, this is not that dark. Sure. I, I think I think it could be considered a dark comedy because there's a uh, almost rape in it. Uh, the oh, characters yeah. are 
pretty pretty disgusting a, people. It's not a dark rape though. It's like oh, I'm gonna. I'm it made me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, but not. I felt pretty. But not in an aggressive way where you're like, oh, he's definitely gonna do this no matter what. Because then he's like, hey, I'm actually in a. No, I, I, because I, I, no, I, I, I you're right. You know what? I'm classifying rape in weird ways. You're right. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I think for me it was more like you know it, he had to like lie his way out of this yeah, rape. Yes, yeah, once he, rape, once, and, yeah. yeah, and he, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like a quick. Thing. It wasn't like he gave him. No, it's like a five-minute scene. Yeah, he's got to get like, out of it. Yeah, so I, for me, it felt a little. Uncle felt Dursley's weird. terrible at reading vibes, by the way. Yeah. Like even if he well, was, Wisnella told him that. No, he was even if he it. said, "Oh, he's a closet homosexual." Let's say he is a closet homosexual. He clearly has no interest in you. So, like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, he clearly doesn't read vibes. And you're right. That is very. It's it's very aggressive, very rapey, which brings me to my next plot keyword: homosexual, which I'm not. Associating with rape, that was weird. Didn't mean that, to do that. Is that really what it says on like IMDb? Is yeah, like number number three is homosexual. Well, I, I thought it was interesting in the beginning of the film. They have this whole like scene with Marwood sitting down, or the character I sitting down at this cafe right in the beginning, and he's like reading this newspaper, and you know it's talking about how the this, sex changes. Yeah, the sex change and how it was like so powerful this for this this boy to you know to have his sex change. And I thought that was kind of interesting. To I mean, this is I mean this. Film came out in the eighties. Yeah, no, the kid was a pioneer. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is pretty, I mean, yeah. Bruce Robinson because was like that's taking. A, that's a huge part of our culture now. When you talk about gender identity, when you talk about uh, pronouns, when you yeah. talk about um, just what do you, yeah, what do you identify as in general? Right. It's yeah, that was you could say was really. Well, I'd say this movie is very ambiguous at the beginning about the two main characters. Whether or not, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're, you're because, thinking what is the relationship between these two guys? Right, because yeah. at one point, uh, with Noel calls, uh, what's his name, Marwood, or Marwood, the character yeah. I, he calls him lover as they're walking along, and then he gets called Ponce in the restaurant. I looked yeah. that up. Apparently, I, that's the one slang I did look up. Apparently, that means pimp or something. Oh, like that. that's oh, not. Is that, what that, that, that is not the oh, the definition I got. Oh, what'd you find? Mm. Ponce, uh, the definition I looked up said it was a man who earned the same wages as a prostitute. Yeah, and like he would pimp him out. He he lives his earning off of a prostitute's money, aka a pimp. See, I interpret that as it was a guy who was a deadbeat fuck who earned the same. Did you read the first sentence of the definition, or did you read the entire thing? Maybe just I the read probably the first just sentence, the, and that's no, what you, it said. Okay, but then the, maybe you, you're right because yeah. I think I probably just read the first sentence. Yeah, because then it says aka a pimp. So I I took it so to mean that he was that calling a him fucking, a, a, why? a homosexual. I guess I didn't look up the term, and so like I was just getting it from context from the scene, like him walking in there. Yeah, pimp is not what I pick up from past. Right? Yeah, that's not that's not what I took from that scene. I thought I thought it was uh, something to akin like when they say you're poof, like you know, like uh, something like a homosexual, something like that. I did not. I that's actually like honestly, maybe this is an American thing. If someone was like, oh, what. Pimp, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> but this was pre Fifty Cent. This movie, this was before the Bush years ever were even thought of. Well, the HW years were on the horizon, but the W years, and you don't know what you heard about me, but I'm a pimp. You know, <laughs> we like pimps because of that. Yeah, it's hard out here for a pimp and stuff. No, like no, that. no. I, yeah, you know, back in the day, maybe it was, uh, you know, maybe it was like yeah, on someone a fuckface. What about what about that? Uh, that novel that uh, Dave Chappelle was talking about at the end of one of the specials, uh, something slim. God damn it, that pimp. What was his name? Uh, 
bottom line, my my thing is, it was still cool to be a pimp back then. Like it was, at <laughs> least the always American been culture. Cool to be yeah, a like, pimp, it's yeah. never been like your pimp was like, oh fuck you, man. It's like it was like. At worst, you're like, really? It's what you think of me? You're never like, oh, you think I'm like that? No, I'm telling you, like being a pimp was never not cool in certain contexts. Yeah, gators bitches better be wearing. God, I fucked that up. Gators bitches better be wearing jimmies. That's what I tried to say. <laughs> anyway, are we saw on plot keywords. We are. We've got number four as drug dealer. Yep. Mm, that's Which, Danny. Danny. And best character in the film, I think. Uh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Yeah. He's hilarious. Number five, inner dialogue. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He has an inner monologue. Taglines. One is good. One's, one's pretty okay. One's bad. First one, uh, there's only two. If you don't remember the 60s, don't worry. Neither do they. Oh, yeah, God. I'll take it. Really? No, no, no. That, that's the better one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the second one. Uh, second one. You are cordially invited to spend a funny weekend on the English countryside. Wow, that is terrible. That's, That's real not shitty. a good way to That's describe this. Real movie. shitty. Fucking tagline. Real shitty. If I, if I, it's not even a short tagline. It's like fucking fifteen words, and it's still not good. Yeah, if I no, went to see this movie based on that tagline, I would be very disappointed. I'd be real <laughs> pissed off. I feel like I'd be watching my cousin. At- or my weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, like, that sounds like a lighthearted movie. This, yeah, is, yeah this isn't very lighthearted. Like Neither of those taglines are good. Maybe the only reason the first one sounds good is because the second one is so fucking bad. Maybe, but God, they're both really They're bad. both not good. They're both not good. If you don't there's remember... There's a, a lot of good stuff about this movie, except, like, there's a few things, but, like, the acting, the writing is great, but, I mean... No, I, the taglines for it, the, not the good. The filming was pretty shitty, too, I would say. Like, the... The cinematography was terrible. Well, but the, you know, they're back in '89, so it's, I guess. But there's good and this, shot. And Mike, movies. this is a very low budget film. You're right. You're very right. low. You're well, right. we don't know that. We don't know what the well, budget if was. It only, That's true. If it, it only didn't make that much. It could have been worth 15 million British pounds sterling. <laughs> you guys are right. What was I thinking? This was pre-Euro, man. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't know that. All right. Speaking of pre-Euro, <laughs> moving on to the Canopsis. Please give us your Canopsis, Cannabis Kingdom. All right, here we go. <clears throat> oh, how do I want to do this? I'm gonna wait, make you drink while you're doing that. Wait, is this a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Oh, do you? I don't, wait, what's a canopsis? And so it's synopsis, but with Keenan's name, so we call it the canopsis. Uh, we thought so, that, uh, yeah, we thought that we should uh, have a little bit of a, even though we do it this late in the show. But in case you haven't watched the movie, here's what the movie's about. <laughs> type segment. Okay, you know? all right. But but, cool. I, but the reason why I like Keenan doing it is because uh, he kind of puts his spin on the synopsis, and okay. it, and I make him do a weird like movie phone voice. You don't make me. I just that's true. I don't know why I said that. That sounded fucking weird. I asked him to, and he agreed to do like a like a movie phone kind of voice. No, I just started doing it, and he just started doing it. <laughs> anyway. With Nell and I are a couple down-on-their-luck actors drinking their way through their London existences and have started to get the fear. (laughs) To cure the dreariness of their daily lives, they take a nice trip to the country but find that it's not necessarily as relaxing as it seems in With Nell and I. Very nice, Keenan. Thank you. Very nice. That's really. Funny. I like the hiccups were a nice, uh, a nice I, addition because they're both drunks. I have in my notes: hiccup, get the fear, hiccup. Wow, I can't, man, I can't, yeah. I can't fake a hiccup, <laughs> hiccup like that. 
No, the, to be honest with you, at first I was like, is he that drunk? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This is, this is the bit. This it was on purpose. Yeah, the hiccup yeah. was on purpose. It, it, it took, I can do it, it any time. It took me a second to be like, oh, no, no, this is the bit. You when it comes to losing hiccups, can't fucking do that for the life of me. But faking them, I can do that. <laughs> All day, every day, baby. Yeah, one <laughs> second. Just That's a fake one. <laughs> Still fake. Really? You should have gone into acting, man. I looked into it. They said they couldn't take me. No, that's, a, that's a shame. Or at least like a like a like a like a hiccup stand-in, like like a stunt man, but for hiccupers, like yeah. a voice actor. Yeah, like hiccups. a voice actor. There yeah. you go. Yeah, like because I was watching a weird thing. Don't judge me on TikTok, and there was um, a lady who was a professional voiceover person for video games, and she did all the voices she did for certain characters, but they were kind of generic because they were, she did it for a bunch of different games, and she was really good. And I, I don't know how much money she makes, but you could have been that lady for hiccuping in video games. But that being said, how many times do characters in video games hiccup? Yeah, but what about Simpsons? I feel like fucking... Yeah, yeah Simpsons. Uh, see, here's, here's where you guys are missing the market. Forget video games. Forget the Simpsons. Uh, infomercials for medicines. This may cause hiccups. That's true. And then you have me hiccuping there, you know? Yeah, no, but it doesn't work, man, because yeah. when they say this might cause anal leakage, they don't just like let someone cut like, to a cut shot of shitting someone themselves. Yeah, but but if you if you were listening to Paraxa, it'll help you with this. Side effects may include hiccups. And then you heard that, you would laugh. You would start paying more attention. You'd be like, All right, I'm buying that medicine. Uh, I mean it would make you forget about all the anal leakage. Exactly. Yeah. Hiccups. <laughs> anal leakage. Oh, that hiccup was really good sounding. <laughs> yeah. That was it's good. Like I think I want to buy that. So the hiccup is designed and uh, anyway, moving on to, to max the anal leakage. Real Buzz Rundown portion of the podcast where we go around the table and talk about what we like, disliked, what we changed, wouldn't change. Just give our basic uh overall uh, overview of the movie. This, uh, since Mike, you are the guest, we will start with you. Okay. So, uh, whatever you want to talk about, it doesn't matter. You don't have to start anywhere, beginning, end, middle, whatever you want to talk about, but the things you found interesting. Okay. Go ahead. So, uh, first off, the music in this film was fucking great. Like, I thought the, you know, the composer for the, the scenes was, was phenomenal. I, I loved the, the moodiness of the, the country scenes, but, Throwing in what we had, Jimi Hendrix, we had uh, fucking King Curtis, we had all the big sixties great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was just a, it was a good sixty end of the end of the era of the sixties. It was a great it was a great film for that. And at the end of the film, when Danny is talking about, he has this like monologue about how this is the end of the sixties. It was a great mile marker for the fact that's that, actually my favorite part of the movie yeah me too for sure like danny like anytime danny's on screen who is like this and it, it for for people that don't know the film he comes in like the uh character caricature of a, a, a 60s druggy dropout i mean he's got wild hair sunglasses on all the time his pants are short so you can see his whole full package going on down there <laughs> but the best thing is is like he really eloquently spells out what the end of the 60s was for that generation my, my mom graduated high school in 69 and so having nice you know, you know nice <laughs> having having that kind of um outlook on on what the next generation was going to be i thought that was really cool so yeah i don't know and then and then the, the whole film is just is just full of one-liners i mean not one-liners but like great quotable moments i think it's probably the one of one of my favorite quotable films great ridiculous interactions for between, sure between the two uh predominant characters in yeah. the movie it's it almost has like a 
Oh, God damn it. What's that uh, movie where the two old guys live together if they're divorced? Uh, God damn oh, uh, Grumpy uh, Old Men. Grumpy Old Men? Nah, kind of like that, but earlier. I fucking think. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, The Odd Couple. That's yeah. a very The Odd oh, Couple the odd feel. Couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Little less racist, but there's there's there's, there's some <laughs> racism in this movie too, man. Uh, well, hey man, it did point me on a it's movie. Sixty nine, man. Yeah, point I guess. me point me on the movie that came out in the eighties. Uh, you know, from the fifties to the eighties, it didn't have a little bit of racism in it. I mean, it's just That's I'm, not, true. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it just that was the it that was, was the present. time. Yeah, you know? it's no, I, I I think you know for the for the majority of the film, you know, I I could really connect with both. Um, also, just want to rephrase that sounds great coming from a white dude. Like, yeah, yeah dude, it was racism happened. Just get over it. Yeah, no, no. This is all coming from three white guys that don't know anything about it. Yeah, you that. think race, racism is real? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, no, but w- both with Nolan and uh, Marwood, who is, you know, known in the film as I, I think, um, and I, I technically, and I, yeah, and technically, I, yeah, yeah. you can't even. You know, he doesn't even have a pronoun. It's like, no. you know, a conjunction and then a pronoun. Yeah, all these other fucking people out here changing their pronouns, doing gender neutral shit. Like, this guy didn't even have one. Okay, yeah. well, while, while we were speaking about that and talking about Danny, who we already mentioned, who was uh, the drug dealer guy. Yes. Who's probably going to be Oliver and Drinking Buddy. Uh, Damn it, you're right. He is. You know? Yeah, he's mine. Uh, Spoiler have alert. Have you guys watched, and I know some of our listeners have, at least one of them out there has, have you guys watched any of the Great Brit- British Bake Off? No. I've been watching that with me lady, and there's a guy named Noel Fielding, or Feb, I don't know. But you if, you guys, thick. if you guys had watched the show, you would be like, oh my God. When Danny came on the screen, I was like, that's Noel from the Great British Bake Off. Are you talking about fucking percent. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Are you talking about because of his accent or his look or both? The look, uh, Noel, I-, I feel like this guy inspired his look based off of Danny. And, and actually, Noel's more of uh, sometimes he'll wear women's clothes, but Danny seemed like he was wearing women's clothes and shit. Danny like that seemed, too, no, so. he didn't seem like he was wearing, I didn't know what he was wearing. Yeah, kind of androgynous. Yeah, I and agree. a British yes, guy. Very- very, very androgynous. Got, he's got dark hair and he wears it. So anyway, it reminded me of the Great British Bake Off with that. And there's a lot of kind of androgyny in this movie. And uh, Well, in the 80s in general, energy. there was a lot of androgyny. That um, it, Charlie Murphy said it best back in the Chappelle show. Like when he was talking to Prince, he was like, yo, dude, this, this was a time where the dude who looked most like a bitch got all the pussy. So yeah. like it was a very androgynous time. Yeah, and I guess there's not a shit ton of androgyny, just really Danny, and then uh, Uncle Vernon wearing makeup, but, you know, whatever. Well, but he was gay. I don't know. I don't know if that makes... I don't know if that's right to say. Anyway. Uh, but at the same time, like, that kind of surprised me with the makeup, like, when he... But when, when he showed I mean, up, well, I guess yeah. we'll get to it later, but I, I guess that kind of threw me off, though. I forgot it happened, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh <laughs> Here we are. Mike, you're up. And uh, What else you got? Anything else? Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it, some of the scenes were pretty overacted for me. I think Richard E. Grant came from the stage. This was his so first I, I film. agree. It, it, it seemed like it was more stage acting than film it acting. It did, yeah. That, I agree that, with that. I, I kind of got that vibe throughout the whole thing. And, you know, what's funny is that it kind of fits with the characters. I mean, they are out-of-worked actors probably have only had stage roles trying to break into TV and film. Which so. is why I think that was intentional in and a I way. I think it is too. And I, I maybe and maybe that's the greatness of the film, you know, is that, you know, they are out of work actors. They're out of work they, actors they're and they're overacting. They're stage and, actors who yeah. as I said in the dialogue cannot make it on TV. 
So it's almost uh, almost med- meta in a way to where they're uh, stage acting on film. Right. Yeah. Right, uh, right. I, almost ironic meta. I don't know. Just p- put whatever label you want on it. And, and I, th- I think Richard E. Grant personifies that with his whole, like, I must have some booze. Yeah. I demand to have some booze. Yeah, that feels like very much st- stage acting. Yeah, and he has, he has a also, lot of rants like that. Also. Or outbursts. Like that throughout the movie. For also, sure. uh, very. I mean, if that guy's not an alcoholic, I don't know what is. I must have some booze. Yeah, I demand s- to have booze. Then he started drinking that paint thinner or whatever the shit yeah. it well, is. Well, no, no, it's not paint thinner. It's uh, lighter fluid. Yeah, I couldn't tell what it was. But then he asked, like, what do you have in the toolbox? Let me get into your toolbox. You have antifreeze. He's like, never mix your drinks. <laughs> he starts laughing. It's the best. Yeah, it's, that's, that's pretty that's good. very funny. That's good banter, that's, man. That's great dialogue. That's, that's great writing. That's good stuff. It's great writing. More no, good writing. I have it right here. It says, you fool. Because the guy's like, hey, I've just drank lighter fluid. Now I, I know you have antifreeze somewhere. It's like, you fool. You never mix your drinks. Yeah. Like, because that's the problem. Yeah, you don't want to mix your lighter fluid with anything else, man. Ah, I mean, oh, Christ. Very on important. Fridays. Very important. More good banter between them around the beginning of the movie is when they realize that their their lives are just down and out. And they're like, we got to get the fuck out of London, man. And, uh, and I or whatever. And then uh, they decide to rough it. In the fucking countryside? I know, but when And I has the idea, or whatever his name is, what is it? Mont- Marwood? Marwood. Marwood, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, why don't we call? What's his name? Why don't you give him a call? Ask him about his house. All right, what's his number? Well, I don't how know. should I know? I've never, I've never met, met him. him. Neither have I. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like that that little bit of banter there. If you're not paying it's attention, you can miss that, but that's it's great, great writing. writing. That, yep. whole, that whole scene when he's going into the bathroom and the, the guy sits down, he calls him the puns. Yeah. He goes into the bathroom and he sees, I fuck arses in the. Fucks me in So this, I'm not Who sure. Fucks I think, is he coming? I fuck so is he coming down from something or still hopped up on something? Yeah, they like, had been on a lot of speed, I yeah, think. Yeah, because he's like, oh, that guy, I. Unintentionally fucking piss off big men. And it's like, oh, it, th- it says that I fuck arses. It's like, maybe that guy fucks arses. Maybe in a drunken, drunken rage, he just wrote, I fuck arses. What if he does? And he comes <laughs> in and fucks my arse. Yeah. And before we get too far from the beginning of the movie with him coming down, like the, the very first shot of him sitting in the uh, cafe or whatever, and his eyes are all red and he's looking around at the paper, like you talked about that lady eats the egg sandwich. It that's is just gross pouring shit. out. The yolk is just pouring out of the yeah, bread. Yeah, just disgusting. He's like, what the fuck is going on here in London? And there's no. There's no music at all at that time. No, it's which just I the think is a good choice. Of yeah, sounds that's coming from the diner, which and is I've, so unnerving. I've never, I've never taken speed, but I've definitely been super hungover after like an all nighter and sitting in a Denny's and looking around, just like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? Like everything like you movie, look at, yeah. it makes you sick. Every noise you hear hurts. This movie yeah. captured that feeling, unlike any other movie that I've ever seen. And also at the beginning when. I th- I can't I can't tell. I thought they had a bunch of eggs that were in. Maybe they were were they poaching them? Was it? Were yeah, they, they had them in like a fryer. Yeah, it, was just it in looked like, a like they were frying in them oil. in a yeah. fucking, but not like a little oil, like no, a like fucking a bath ton, of oil, like a shit ton of oil. And that, that's the only sound that you heard was they they made that sound of the eggs frying. And he's sitting oh, in the restaurant. God. All right, uh, I'll make a mark. Who wants to take a break to take a peek? Because I got to do it. I'm oh, you, you can, you can take Hold me. on. I'm gonna, I gotta make a mark for editing purposes because. Of... Do you want us to fill time? No, no, no. No, for real, go. If you has to pee, if you do it now, it makes editing easier. If you have, I feel like I'm that, I'm that mom who's like, do you have to go before we start driving? <laughs> Sounds like a Jewish mom. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, so I, in a, my mom's not Jewish, but when I was growing up, 
uh, anytime I uh, impersonated her, that's the voice that just naturally came. Mm -hmm. So my mother is a Jewish mother who's not Jewish, if that makes sense. Like, she personifies a Jewish mother in every personality aspect. But Did just, she grow up Jewish? Or? No, just isn't Jewish at all. She just oh, uh, wow. somehow obtained... I don't know how. She's just like, I, you, Rob, I, do, 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 do you have enough underwear? I can buy you some more. Do you have socks? I can buy you socks. Do you need socks? I'm like, no, Mom, I'm fine. I'm, I'm 30 years old. I can buy my... No, but no, you can buy your own socks. But if you need socks, just let me know. It's like, Jesus That's like Christ. Kyle's mom from South Park. Yeah, yeah which, who is a Jew? Exactly. Who is a J-O-O. -O. <laughs> All right, Keenan, you're up. All right, well, um... Let's see here. Um, I'd only ever seen this once uh, with Mike one this time my, before. This was my first viewing. Uh, I can't remember which time you showed me, but I feel like it's been more than 10 years ago. Wait, am probably. I the only one that has seen this multiple times? No, yeah, you, I, you, you are, showed Mike, it to me. And wow. I, I was texting Keenan, and I was like, hey, how do, you feel about, how do you feel about this movie? I'm like, I need to watch it again. Like, I feel like I didn't catch everything I needed to see the first time. Mm. I enjoyed it. I feel like there's so many things I didn't see that I could see on a second viewing. I think, so did you watch it with the subtitles? Always, yes. So we, we talked about this earlier, and I, I hadn't done that when I was growing up, but now, even if I understand the language, I'm always watching with subtitles, because even on this watch, I watched it with subtitles for the first time and caught up on things I'd never seen before. So I, I made it through like the first 10, 15 minutes, and I was like, I'm not gonna do subtitles, but then Danny, the drug dealer, shows Why up on the scene. Why would you do subtitles? I, I just, I, I haven't been doing them as consistently, but then as soon as Danny got there, I was like, all right, fuck, I got to watch, I got to yep, turn on the subtitles. I had no idea. And so I had subtitles on when Danny was talking. Still so don't know, know what he's talking, he's talking about. about. <laughs> You've got a suit, man. We could really have used a suit, right? And then uh, the guy. When did you make it? Obtained drugs? I think he got obtained at Heathrow. <laughs> right, Heathrow. <laughs> uh, that's when I, I went back and watched it with subtitles, and I was like, oh shit, he said Heathrow there. I didn't know he was talking about the airport. Yeah, the airport. Well, it's because he didn't say Heathrow. He says Heathrow. Heathrow. Like it's death row. I don't advise a haircut, man. All hairdressers are under the employment I got of make, the government. I got to make making a baby dog normally piss itself. It'll shit itself too. It'll shit itself too. Which is but, a genius idea, by the way. Forget about having a baby doll that will just urinate. Like, what if you had a baby doll that would shit itself, too? He's not wrong. That would sell. That would probably sell. But what I did write. sell more is his, well, this is later in the film, but his little, like, procuring a small child's urine and using it for yourself. Hold on. Save, save that. I want to talk about it. that I'll later. Save that. Keenan, go ahead. Save well, the children's urine for later. I want to talk about that because I have so many questions. <laughs> we're, we're about to get to it with uh, where I'm in my notes. But before that, I most of my notes, it seems like, are on Danny. Because I wrote, Danny goes from chilled out, sketchy, druggy to the Lost Boys, sketchy, sketchy, druggy in a flash. <laughs> with him being like, uh, taking off his glasses and being like, this is the embalmer, man. You can't fucking take this. He's like... I'll take any pills that you take. It's this worth, is worth two it's quid. It's worth two quid, which you is can take two dollars. Two quid up your ass. That's two dollars. It's not like two quid's a lot. It's two dollars. In 1969, it could have been worth a thousand dollars. We don't know what well, you know. Inflation, uh, man. 1969, man, it was a crazy time. That always, and the, the, the drug offs are always fun, right? He's like, oh, you could. I'll, t I'll take more drugs than you can take, <laughs> and I'll run a mile doing it. And didn't you think that eventually he was going to get slipped with the embalmer, but it just never happens? It was just a whole thing that I never, agree. Yeah. It, it was a it was a buildup that didn't have a payoff, and I was upset about it. And then Danny, right before he leaves, his last line: 
Have either of you got shoes? <laughs> <laughs> and if you look in the scene, he is just barefoot. He's got no shoes, yeah. yeah. He's got no shoes. If you've got shoes. <laughs> I thought that was great. So he was great. And then they go through their plan uh, to try to go to the countryside. They go to visit Uncle Monty. And I want to give a shout-out to Withmill and Richard E. Grant's performance because they get to Uncle Monty's place, and he's very, you know, flamboyant and extravagant. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's gay. I've got to leave the room for a minute and <laughs> make himself a drink if you want. And Withnell just grabs a bottle and starts drinking. No, he out doesn't of it. even say he doesn't. He, he just, no, he just, he just have to leave the, he has to yeah. leave the room. And then Withnell just fucking gets the bottle of brandy or not, uh, 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 sherry. uh sherry. Yeah. And just starts fucking yeah. bombing it. When you, that's, that's the thing about this whole film is it, it I, I think it is a quest for Withnell to get booze. The whole film oh, fuck is yeah. based on that premise. Absolutely. And I was going to get to it. I, I will get to it. I, I'll keep going in order. I'll, yeah, I'll keep going in order. But, all right, so then I said, uh, I don't know about that drink, drunk driving piss jar thing, so I guess let's get to it now. With that, that. Yeah, that's, that's what I have. I have, uh, can someone please explain to me how this drunk driving magic bullet works? Because all he's like, oh, mate, you got a spine, right? And then you just, you put, you put piss in it, and it's got child's piss, and then the, uh, and then the fucking uh, Bobby comes up and says, hey, governor, I think you're driving drunk. And he goes, no, I'm not. And he just put this in his face. He's like, oh, child's piss. And he, can you get off? Like, that's what I took from that. Well, yeah, and then I, I think thought, it's that simple. <laughs> yeah, if you refuse all the tests, they'll they'll make you pee on the spot, and then somehow be able to analyze your pee. But then later on in the movie, he tries doing it. Clearly, that it yeah, didn't no, work he gets he him, gets picked so. up yeah, for drunk driving at the yeah. end. Yeah. So hold on. So we're to, we're to think that you back in the '60s, what they would do is take urine to see if you're driving drunk. I guess they still do that in some places. I mean, no, the breathalyzers. It's all breathalyzers now. Well, yeah, they, but what, they did end up trying to give him a breathalyzer when he gets pulled over at yeah, the end. But if you're they, not gonna blow into this bag. They, but they take blood before they take well, urine. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, but we don't know what they do in England. And why is he called child? Is it, you full bro? You got child's piss? You just bring it up, bro. For what? What? Is I guess that? it was because, like, at that time, I mean, the only person you probably couldn't, you know, probably could guess that wouldn't have. Liquor in their blood, or would be a child. Would it be a child? Yeah. So, are we to believe that you can determine a person's age by their urine, or just their like sobriety by their urine? I mean, if it's child, if a child is, you know, if a child is drunk, I think that's yeah. I, I think the only reason he wanted a kid because he was thinking a kid won't be drunk. Like he's not trying to determine the kid's I age. He's not like let, let me no, take a kid. But that's my whole point is you can't determine someone's age by their urine. You can determine their sex. You can determine what drugs are in their system. But he's not trying to determine their age. He's not trying to guess. Oh, the kid's so age. No, yeah, you're right. Okay, so he's about the sobriety. He's, yeah, so he's just about it being clean. So he's so he's storing children's urine in this clean receptacle. Mm-hmm. Clean. Pee. All right, I understand. Clean yeah. pee. I understand. Clean pee. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I was confused. He's, oh, He's not like piss. trying to guess a kid's age by drinking the piss. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was going off there. Like, that being said, though, these fucking people talk in so much crazy British slang circles that <laughs> don't, you know what, man? I'm not going to dog on myself for not understanding that the first 11 times I watched it. No, yeah. And he, the way he brings it up is definitely like, you know what we need to do when we get out of town? Find a kid. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, what? I, so I, I can I get their pee. Like, fault you it's for like, not what? knowing about child's urine. I'm glad yeah. that you don't. Yeah. It's like anytime someone mentions child's urine, I'm like, oh, wait, what? No, I'm glad I didn't know about that. I'm going to bow out of this conversation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, unless they're peeing in my mouth. What? Okay. Um, Keenan? 
Yeah, and uh, so once they go to the countryside and uh, end up, but the farm, pretty much everyone they meet in the countryside is just an asshole. Like, hey, can we get some wood or some fucking food? And they're like, now nah, fuck off, go meet my son. He's in the top of the field. And then the, he's, he's kind of an asshole too. And then uh, when they end up going to the bar or whatever, that bar doesn't seem like a place that I would like to hang out. I wouldn't call much. it a bar. I called that a, a, pub. a farm pub. To me, that was like the. That that would be my place, man. I you would like it. I, I did like, think I, I like that place. I man. like that the fact that only locals go there. It's very small. You're not getting a bunch of traffic from assholes. Mm -hmm. I do, and I like the guy that's working behind. It. It's a fucking drunk, Just super drunk from so the war. My exact know. note is: I like that drunk old bartender, but the bar itself looks pretty weak. I mean, it's small. It's a small Yeah, no, place. but I'm good with that. Like, I'm 30. I'm going to be 32 soon. I'm good with that. I don't want to fucking Nah, no pop TVs. And, There's only a bump. fireplace in there. I want to see some ESPN, all right? Dude, Boom, that, bro, that, this was 69. all of it, man. We, we, we barely went All right, we'll put some football on the TV we, we, then. We, dude, you know? it's And it, by football, I mean soccer. You know what I'm saying? England likes it. Uh, and then my next note is Uncle Vernon does dirtily like you've never seen him before when he comes to the British countryside there. In uh, Penrith. Very fat? I mean, he's bad. No, Never mind. He's been seen before like no, that No, wearing a lot. makeup and trying to rape them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah that, that was fucking... That was pretty heavy-handed. Yeah. Uh, then I have a line that's... Balls! We want the finest wines known to humanity. We want them here, and we want them now. That scene in the fucking tea house when they're like... It's they're funny. It's funny, but in a movie this long, I think they could have cut that. I don't know why that's in there. We're multi-millionaires. We'll come I, back I can and see that being a little down. like that's, you know, that's just a scene. A little bit. That's just a scene to show like, oh, they're fucking drunks, which we already know. Yeah, that's right. True. Well, right. so I agree it's, with that. it's not not funny. It's a funny scene, but in a movie that should be ninety minutes, that's hundred and nine. You can cut that for sure. Yeah, uh, and then I have here, hair, here, hair? here, hair, here. <laughs> Richard E. or Richard Griffiths or whatever he delivered that line. Richard E. Grant. No, Richard Griffiths. Oh no, sorry, about. yeah, 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 Monty, yeah. Uncle, uh, or is it Uncle Monty Dursley, Monty? Monty in this one. I know. Okay. Um, and then I said oh, yeah, the, the end of this movie, but really you can see throughout the whole movie, it's it's very, you can see the influence on uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas later on. Oh, for sure. I but agree with that. A thousand percent. But what's funny is like this, you know, this influenced Bruce Robinson for writing um, Rum Diary, but, you know, this would have had, you know, probably no influence on the script of... Fear and loathing. Fear and loathing. Because a lot of that was taken from the book. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but, but so it's Rump weird. Diary it, happened much later than Fear and Loathing. Right, but but earlier in the sense that it was written probably in the 80s, this movie. Yes. So I, I'm sure Bruce Robinson took influence from Rub Diary and from things like um, Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Well, well, it's, uh, specifically, you talked about the music way back at the beginning, and I think it's very... Like when they're when they leave the countryside and with Noel's like I'm driving, it's very striking that all of a sudden uh, Voodoo Child is playing because you haven't heard a lot of licensed music throughout the movie and right. then all of a sudden it's just this fucking yeah it feels like yeah. it it feels like it's there for a reason and yeah. it's it's yeah. reminded me so much of the last scene in Fear and Loathing when they're trying to make the airport or you well know, the, the yeah. ending scene of this movie is just like that I mean yeah he's trying to get him home my for an audition e eating right. on the podcast such a great. Such a, so great. a great, it's a, it's a great, great, great 
actually, if you're listening to this right now, we're doing a commercial right now for uh, cheese flavored crackers. That I mean, I'm sorry, man. This is the way I. I'm Some non brother. I love you. Keep eating driver. you. Do you? All right. So I'm making time. It sounds yeah, I'm making time. But the end of the film, you know, is really so similar to Fear and Loathing when they're trying to make the plane. He's trying to get him home right. to to get to this audition because at the end of the day, I mean. Despite the two characters' dichotomy, they really do love each other. Yeah, no, I, I I do think it's true. I think you have to point out the fact that while these two characters, this this is almost a bromance kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, a romantic comedy in the sense that you have these two people that uh, these two characters that clearly don't. They seem like they don't like each other in a lot of ways from their characteristics, but at the end also have been through so much that they they do actually love each other. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. I, I think. Throughout the whole movie, you see that with Noel feels like he's the one that, uh, fuck, what's his name? Marwood is mm-hmm. relying on. But yeah. in the very end scene, when Marwood has got his audition, he's cut his hair and he's leaving. And with Noel's just like drunk in the rain, uh, reciting Shakespeare to some wolves in a zoo or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, really, it, he needed Marwood more than uh, Marwood needed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah because... Uh, Mar, uh, not my, no, hold, God damn it! I'm asking, it, not, not Marwood. The um, fucking uh, what's his name? Withnall. Withnall. Yeah, at the end, Withnall is just kind of like, I am who I am. This is who I am. You're gonna go do your own thing. You've got opportunities. Do your thing. I'm gonna be me. And that's that's kind of how the movie ends. No, but he's very. But you know, he he quotes. I think it's Hamlet at the end. Yeah, but he's he, he's clearly very afraid of Marwood leaving because he's like, "Don't leave yet. Let's have a drink before you leave." And yeah. he's like, "No, I gotta leave you, man." And he's like, "Well, all right, well, fine then. Fuck it, I'll walk with you because he doesn't want him to leave." Yes, because he realizes his life is. Just I do bad. think, that, and I said, uh, romance rom com. It's definitely it's a bromance kind of thing. It's a movie about. Um, uh, male uh, friendship. It, I think it is in a way. I think it's a movie about male friendship and um, what to do when you no longer have that when you move on. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like we all had that. Like growing up when we were in college, we had our boys. Uh, if you were in a frat, or if you or if you just lived with some guys, you had that relationship with people. And then at some point, you get old enough and you're like, hey, this has to end. We have to move on. And some guys aren't ready to do that, and I think you're right. I think that was what, um, what that what 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 you just said. Yeah, yeah I, like, I, I the agree. Feelings I, at the end of the movie. Yeah, I think I, it's strange how how much this movie hits on uh, male male relationships because when you when you when you really look at it, there's no female character in this movie. I mean, aside from some secondary characters that. The one, the ones that he uh, yells at the window and calls them, uh, what's he call them, shockers or something? Yeah, yeah scrubbers, scrubbers, yeah. which is which is British slang for prostitutes. Yeah. Okay. And then you know you get to the tea house scene, and you know he's yelling these demands at this at this female waitress, and then this man comes in, and he's like, "Well, I'm the proprietor, and I'm telling you to get out." Like, and I'm all gonna... the people are super old too. Right. And then yeah. he goes to the farmhouse, and he's trying to solicit some kind of uh, eggs and some stuff to eat from this this woman. She's like, "Well, go see my brother." So this this really has no female characters at all. That's except, a good point. Yeah. Except like supporting characters for men. I agree with that. I never. I didn't even catch that till you said it. It's definitely a movie about male relationships. Mm-hmm. That's definitely it because all you have is the two the two main characters who live with each other 
who have a very um, intimate. Uh, it's, it's an intimate, it's, it's, it's an yeah. intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. It is still obviously. I mean, they're not platonic. Platonic. Yeah. It's very yeah. platonic. Yeah. But then, and then you have them enter uh, uh, this scenario with the. Uh, his homosexual uncle, mm. which brings a new dynamic to the male bonding relationship, yeah. which is just like, oh, no, this guy wants to fuck one of you. Right. And I'm going in a weird direction. I should stop this. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's an interesting dynamic between. Yeah. It, but you know, it's super codependent. The, the, move, the movie. The no, no, no. Period. But basically, the movie is about male relationships. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Whether they be platonic or intimate or homosexual or whatever the movie's about male relationships yeah. i think if you if you say something about this movie it's about male relationships mm-hmm. and the last note i have is i would like to try the caldwell carrot oh me too man oh god dude yeah. who the fuck wouldn't yeah. you can't make a joint with 12 papers you can't make a caldwell carrot with less than 12 papers. with less with less Fuck or whatever he says god so yeah i i enjoyed this movie all right, so I've, I only got a couple of things. Who was all right? So at the, uh, towards the beginning, who was this Jeff guy who got off steroids? Who has some some size of balls? Oh, Jeff Wode. Who is that? He was a shot putter, some kind of a English <laughs> shot putter that was in the newspaper at the time. Was that a real person? I don't think it was. I don't know. Oh no, he's talking about it. he was it was Jeff spelled with a, a G E O F F, and it's like. Oh, did he fucking know? Oh, I can't believe it. He's fucking on steroids. Like, I have no idea. I don't know who this is. I, so it's not a real person. No, no. So this is this is him reading in the newspaper about this guy named Jeff Wode, who's apparently some kind of English uh, Olympian or shot putter. Okay, so but not a real person. Someone not a real person. Okay, no. all right. That's this, all is, I- this is someone that, like, with Noel is reading in the day, you know, because I think it carries over from the first scene where he's, like, reading in the newspaper about this guy's sex change. And then... <clears throat> COVID, sorry. In the next scene, you know, he's fucking picking up the paper and, and with Noel's like, oh my God, look at this fucking guy. You know, England's going to shit. There's some guy named Jeff Wode who's taking steroids and instead of being an asshole anymore like he was, his wife says he's all better now because he's, you know, his yeah, balls yeah, are getting yeah, massive. His, his moods and, are great. Yeah. And his balls are steroids huge. Steroids have done the opposite of yeah, what every steroid yeah, has done to no, but That was the thing. Like, normally steroids make your balls tiny. He's like, exactly. imagine the size of his balls. And it's like, what? No, they'd be smaller, not huge. Follow me on this. Jeff Wode, right? It reminds me of uh, in Bruges, where it's like Rom Schrott seventeen. That's like that's Rom, like Not Ram, Ram, but with an extra A. <laughs> and I feel like Jeff Wode. It's spelled like Wood, but it's pronounced Wode. Wode. Yeah. yeah. Alcoves. Are you familiar with this term? Alcoves. Yeah, Alcoves. Yeah. Yeah, in the cutting and actual yes, part. Yes, Alcoves. Anyway, great movie. That's where my wife and I honeymooned. In Bruges. Bruges. In Bruges, yeah. I hope you guys got some chocolate. We we went to the hotel where they filmed in Bruges. Because, oh, like, that, I'm super jealous, man. I'd love to do that. It was cool. It was my cool. gun gets nicked. My best, fr- my best mate tries to kill me, and we're still in fucking Bruges. We're still in fucking Bruges. In the buildings and all that, but okay. <laughs> in the buildings and all of that. Uh, I like that Harry's uncle is all talking about vegetables. He's like, oh, yeah. I've got these great vegetables. He's just fat as fuck. It's like, how many vegetables do you eat, dude? Dude, they talk about he's pushing four hundred pounds. Prostitutes for the bees. Yes. I love that line. He's so that's eccentric. Like, oh my god, <laughs> flowers the prostitutes. They're just for the bees. prostitutes for the bees, but the carrots they stay underground. Or whatever. See, that's uh, novel writing. 
That's that's not that's not regular movie script writing. That's writing that came from a novel. And this book is very much written like a novel. I feel like even with with the Jeff Wode things and stuff like that, it's mm. like little things that you kind of have to, like you were saying, you have to watch it multiple times and you'll pick up on something probably. Yeah. All of Marwood's internal monologues are beautiful. They're yeah, they're great. Beautifully written. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he very eloquently that, written. The first time he says um, a clock. Uh, um, a, a, cl- a stop clock always tells the time right twice stop a day. Clock is always right twice. Twice a day. A day yeah. yeah, that's the first time I ever. I think I've ever heard that phrase. I mean, I've heard it something a million really times since then. Yeah, but like I think that's the first time I ever heard that phrase in a in a film. So uh, I can't believe that uh, with no let that poacher uh, in the pub have a wheeze off his fag. I kind of was surprised by that too. I mean, but. What surprised me? Even he just more, grabbed I, it from. Him, so I'm gonna have a wheeze off your fag. I'm glad you brought up the poacher because I was gonna say we didn't talk about Jake, the threatening poacher, yeah. throughout the entire movie. Oh, Jake, he's back, isn't he? Is he a serial killer? I don't. I didn't take him to actually be a serial killer. I no, think he was just no. actually trying to bring them uh, so, hair after the no, next I know. couple days. So but, like, okay, he's very confusing in his behavior because initially when they meet him, he's got fucking every animal known to man hidden in, in his, his coat. Pockets, he's yeah. literally got fucking eels stuffed in his pants, and he's just like, "Hey, can we can we buy one of those off?" He's like, "No, I don't think so." These eels are for my pot. That pheasant's for his pot. It, I got nothing for you. I got to fill your pot, too. And I think I'm going to come over to your farm and fucking murder you. Like, no, like, he just, he's got every fucking animal known to man, and he refuses to sell them anything. It's very strange. I think it's, I, I think it's even stranger that they're actually threatened by him, because he seemed pretty jovial through that whole exchange. Yeah, but as I was He's also here, very big. He's big, but, like... I mean, look at look at Marwood trying to face down that bull. He had no well, problem with that. Think about it this way. Didn't this is the no way that I the, that I am choosing to think of it now, as okay. I just sat here. As they met Jake, the poacher, when they were super drunk in that pub, That's right true. before it was about to close. And he said, you know, they had that confrontation where I'm not going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. And then he said, maybe I'll bring you a hair or whatever in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. So maybe, just think about yourselves being drunk at a bar. Maybe all they remembered was the bad, you know, the fear from that interaction. That's true. And then forgot that he said, well, I'm still going to bring that to you. And then so, and I'm the same way. If I was staying in a countryside house and I knew that I got in a confrontation with someone and then they were walking outside of my place, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to go talk to them. I'm going to wait and see what happens. They're probably there to kill me. But really, he was probably just a good guy trying to give them a fucking rabbit. I don't know, man, because he wasn't, because he he literally was hiding every fucking rodent known to man in England in his suit, and he was like, no, nothing for you. Yeah, but he had already caught his fill for the, the bar people and his own self, you know? Uh, all right, okay. I felt Danny much more menacing. I, I couldn't trust Danny at any point in this film. Yeah. Why are you in my bed? Get out in 10 minutes, because oh, I'm getting in it. He he said he said some smart things, but yeah, I couldn't trust Danny in this film. I mean, he just, I don't know, he skews me out a little bit. I, still, I would hang out with him, but not overnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that I've been saying about Keenan for years. Yeah, there needed to be a joke like that made. I'm glad someone did. Do you know what time it? Scoot up. Do you know what time it is? It's time for Tipsy Trivia. Pretty good. Pretty close, I think. This is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If the two 
contestants get three of the five correct, I have to shotgun a beer and they don't. And if they get less than three correct, no, wait, I said that wrong. Anyway, we're all going to have shotgunning. Num- <laughs> yeah, probably. Number one. Numer Eins. This film prompted the family of a very famous deceased musician to limit his songs and how they were used in feature films. Which is the deceased rocker? I wrote that very weirdly. Wait a minute. Do we get multiple? Is this a multiple choice? No, or? this should oh, be pretty easy, Christ. though. I'm going to okay, say George say- Harrison. This film prompted the family of a very famous deceased musician to limit how his songs were used in feature films. Oh. Who is the deceased rocker? Oh, Jimi Hendrix, actually. It's it's either Hendrix or Harrison, so I'm going to go with... There's two Jimi Hendrix songs in this film, so I'm going to go with Hendrix. Okay. But you said Harrison was a producer, so I think they would have been down for it. I'm going to say Jimi Hendrix. I'm going to say... that. You said George Harrison? I, I'm saying Hendrix. But you said that... Okay, okay. But you just, guys said just, Harrison, just to, George just, Harrison just was clarify, a producer, right? Just uh, clarify. Give me your answers one more time. Is Hendrix. It, Hendrix? Both yeah. people? All right. Yeah. It was Jimi. Um, Jimmy. Apparently, Jimmy. his parents didn't like the fact that his music was being associated with drug use so much. So they were like, "Hey, are you fucking yeah. kidding?" A- after me? his death, they're like, "Hey, we don't want his songs A- being after used. his death of like he like overdosed, drowned in his own vomit." Acid. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. You know, maybe that's why part okay. of maybe that's part of why the Voodoo Child was so striking to me too, because I haven't heard a lot of Jimi Hendrix in movies. Uh, like that Vietnam War true. movies. Like yeah, that, you're right. Yeah, that's why they started limiting. This was back in '89. His parents were like, "Hey, we don't want Jimi Hendrix associated with drug use." And I want to be like, "Hey, it's too fucking late." <laughs> I you saw know, something that uh, like his producer was there or something and could have uh, kind of Walter Whited him. Kind of could have made him not puke on his or choke on his puke. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Whoa, what? Sounds like a producer. Maybe that was maybe that was, uh, maybe that was uh, Barry White though. Barry White's alive, dude. No, who's the guy that sings Let's Get It On? Marvin Barry Gaye. Barry White. Al Green. Let's Get It On is oh, Barry no, Marvin White. Gaye. Mar- Marvin Gaye. Gaye. No, that's right. Marvin Gaye. Right? We're all sensitive people. Anyway, somebody. Right. Oh, I, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, you're right. It's Marvin Gaye. Anyway, somebody could have saved. They could have Walter Whited him. Anyway. Marvin Gaye is also still alive. I think. Numerous five. Oh, no. Marvin Gaye got murdered by his dad. Yeah. Okay. So Jimi Hendrix, producer, could have saved him, I think. Look okay. it up. Look it up. Romania will know what I'm talking about. Number two, true or false? Robert E. Grant had never consumed alcohol. This is the guy who played Richard true. E. Grant. True. I I knew oh, this. Yeah, right. I knew this. Yeah. I knew this to be the case. True. True. Wait. So he had never consumed alcohol prior Doc, to this it's, film? It's Richard E. Grant. You're right. I wrote Robert. Yeah, Robert. Uh, Richard E. Grant had never cons- consumed alcohol before um, playing his character in this film. It is true. I'm gonna say true. Mike is right. I'll say true too. So he actually, so he, what he did was he he actually got drunk for the first time to understand what it was like to be drunk and how to play the character, and I, he did a good job. I'd say he did a pretty good job. Did yeah, I, 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 yeah, I pretty, thought so. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Richard, if you need more studies, come hang out with me. Yeah. Number three, true or false? The uh, the Comberwell carrot. Had to be rolled by someone who is not in the production staff. Oh, I, I would probably say. Well, so here's the thing. So Ralph Brown, that played Danny, fun fact, he showed up to the audition for this film looking just and it's sounding just like he did. So that's the way he got the character. So I'm gonna say, I don't know. I, I'm I, I kind of want to say false because I want I want to believe that that Ralph Brown could just roll a joint like that, but that's just me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false. 
Just to be contrarian, I will say true. So in a way, you both are wrong. The answer is false, but it's not because he uh, rolled it. The props department didn't even know how to properly roll a joint that big. <laughs> but uh, there, the, whoever was the sound maintenance engineer was like, I can do it. And he did it. Yeah, so we, for that guy. Okay. So, you know. What, he wasn't part of the production staff, though? If he was on the sound maintenance? No, he was on sound. Okay. I don't know. Fuck you, Keenan. I would consider sound production, no? Yeah, I would, too. I probably worded that fucking question not right. I think sound's the most important part of a film. It's one of the most important parts, for sure. I mean, if I can't if I can't hear anything, then the visuals mean nothing to me. When I meant production, I meant um, physical production, like props, uh, set building. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Stuff okay. Like anything that. related I, to making a movie not... That I, doesn't have to do with sound. I completely. I I, I think that was my bad. I worded the uh, the question not great. Uh, number four, which actor was originally considered to play the part of Withal? 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 Withnal? Withnal? Oh man. Was it A. Daniel Day Lewis, B. Jack Nicholson, C. Gary Oldman, or D. Pete Postlewaite? Pasta way he died. He, that's the he guy did. from uh, James and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant Peach, and also uh, the Jurassic town. Park, the Lost yeah. World. Oh, clever girl, clever. Well, not clever oh. girl. No, not clever girl. He was the guy in the second one who was like the hunter that only wanted the T Rex, and he had like this bald head. And no, that's the first one, dude. No, that's the second one. Definitely the first one. Se- second one for sure. Clever girl. That's him. No, 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 no. That's not Pete Postlewaite. Oh, you're up. right. It's no, not. No, it's the second one because he's the he's the guy that's they like. They do look similar. They do look similar. I do agree. I do agree. They do look similar. All They're right. just like British people. So which actor was originally considered to play the oh, the man. part of with, with Nil? Dale Day-Lewis, Jack Nicholson, Gary Oldman, or Pete Postlewaite? I'm going to say it's between Gary Oldman and, and Daniel Day-Lewis, but God. I mean, I think, so for, for this film, for being the first first Bruce Robinson film, I'm going to say Daniel Day-Lewis only because he's probably reaching for the stars at this point. And okay. In 89, yeah, my left foot and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to say Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm sorry, give him to me one more time. Daniel Day-Lewis, Jack Nicholson, Gary Oldman, or Pete Postlewaite. Post. Yeah, I like Postal, to... Postal weight. I'm going to go with Gary Oldman. See, Keenan, I would have said Gary Oldman, too. It was Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day. He's a good actor. It was DDL. I like your logic for that, because he probably was just grasping at, grasping yeah, I mean, he, at trolls. He's going he's gonna to go for someone that he probably couldn't get. All right, boys, you both will get this. You already know it. Number five, much of the film's promotional and DVD... Uh, Art. Ralph Stedman. Yes, thank you. Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> and we'll give that to you. Uh, uh, Wait, read the question for the Romanians. Yeah, so. now I feel bad. Now I feel like that's okay. Asshole. That's okay. Moch, uh, Moch, much of the film's promotional and DVD art was designed by which famous Gonzo artist? There's, Ralph it's, Stedman. It's not, it's not multiple choice. Yeah. Um, it, the, the poster or like the image on HBO Max uh, is not the Ralph Stedman. It's not. No, that's uh, what I watched. None, like, none, of, the, none of the none of the uh, promotional material I saw. I because I, I know I can see what Ralph Stedman. Like, obviously, he has a very specific um, style. Style, and I didn't see any of that in any of it. Yeah, no, it's it's that's mostly I think the Criterion collection that yeah that. And I'm kind of pissed off it wasn't. That. I think it should have been. I think it would have been better. Yeah, but we should take this opportunity to say this movie is free. 
on HBO Max to people that have HBO Max. So which means it's, it's not free, it's not but free. as long as you have HBO You're Max. You're going to pay someone to watch this. Start show. a seven-day free trial. An Fuck hour it. and a half in, you yeah. can watch this on HBO Max. Is, is this movie worth, it, let me ask you guys this, is this movie worth starting a seven-day free trial to watch? Yeah, I, I think anything is worth yeah, seven absolutely. days free. Yeah. Anything is worth free. This will take an hour and a half, seven days. Fuck, you can watch Game of Thrones in that amount of time, you know? That's all really HBO dedicated, Max. you could really The entire watch. series? The Sopranos, maybe. Yeah, if you don't do not anything both. else. Not both. Not yeah, the... not, not all of them, but. You know. I would say Sopranos is worth the paid version of HBO Max. Yeah, I, I oh, agree yeah. with that. I, yeah, I would Sopranos, agree with that. having it at your fingertips anytime you want is worth have, Guys, paying $7 a month. Let's be honest. Sopranos was the original. They, they paved the, the, the path for the golden age of television. I mean, that was the first yeah. television show where it was must-see TV, not in the way like fucking Dancing with the Stars is. Like, in a way that it was dramatic television that had cinematic value. Uh, it 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 felt like a movie, but it was you know an hour each week. Like it, it, the Sopranos, is fantastic. It's I, worth it, watching if you haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, but bottom line, yeah, if you don't have HBO Max, you can start a free trial. Watch Sopranos. Yeah, bottom line yeah, is but watch don't watch this I film. I mean, watch it eventually. No, no, but no, no like, watch this film. You're going to like, sit but, down and yeah, watch something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, watch like, Sopranos. Once, once, watch once you the watch wire. The Sopranos, and you, yes, watch Sopranos, watch The Wire. Once you've had this fucking subscription for a few months, then watch this movie. Yeah, this is a good movie to watch like a few months after. You know, okay, you really... well, I'm just saying, you know, if you if you <laughs> want to listen to this podcast, you haven't jumped on HBO yet, you know, jump on HBO. Not that we're getting sponsored by him. Drinking Buddies. This is the portion of the podcast where we choose a character from the film that we would get irresponsibly drunk, shit-faced, shy-vote with. Keenan, who's your drinking buddy? I think there's only one answer to this whole... There is. We should all pick... We should all, we should all just say it. Can we, can we just say it on the count of three? One, two, three. Danny. Juice. Oh, wait. Oh, what? I'm sorry. What? What? <laughs> What? Oh, Danny. Yeah, Danny. It's Danny, what I meant. Yeah, Danny, 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 Danny. Well, yeah, no. I, I usually pick the stoner characters in movies, and, you know, Danny is definitely, he's going to give me some uppers. He's going to give me some downers, maybe some screamers, maybe, if I'm lucky, some, some laughers. laughers. Maybe, yeah. maybe he'll give you that uh, that two-quid fucking... The embalmer. The embalmer. Yeah. I actually yeah. think Danny, too, is probably, I mean, aside from Marwood, he's probably the most intelligent character on the show. I mean... Really, at the end of the movie, because when they get back to London, I was like, how is there still 15 minutes left of this? But then Danny's last like speech really gives the whole point of the movie. I agree. Like, we've yeah. got we've yeah, got we've 90 talked, days, yeah. 90 days left in this decade, and we haven't done what we wanted to do. So yep. w- what I like about Danny is that he does a great job of intellectualizing stupid thoughts, if that makes sense. Like. He he says nothing and nothing great, but he does it in such an in, intellectual and great way that makes it entertaining and fun. The way he delivers stuff and yeah. the way he looks, you you think to look at him like this guy's just a piece of shit. Yeah, like, but once you hear what you he think says, he's it's a like, moron. Like he's communicating stupid ideas, but he's doing it in such a great intellectual way. You're like, okay. No, yeah. I read the I read the legal papers, mate. They can't evict you. <laughs> well, okay, that's not a great. It's a great fucking example of. What I I'm know, but to say. I'm just saying. He, I believed him at that point. I was like, "Fuck it! If they can't evict me, if Danny says it, I believe him." 
there there is some like strange British politics in this film too, like talking about the Labour Party and the Tory Party. It's very British. Yeah, it's very very British. I I had no idea about this movie. Is very British. Yeah, I mean, if you there there there's some things that kind of just went over my head in in terms of British politics, and there's things that I kind of phased out on a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, worth watching though. I think if you like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, worth checking out. Speaking of that. Moving on to Rotten Tomatoes over under. Ooh. I will set the critics at a 95%. Now, sen- really? You're setting it at a 95? Set it at a 95%. I got to guess over if you're setting it at 95. I'm going to guess 95? Well, I, so I know what it is. Okay. I think I know what it is. And so I think I think it's, I, I for me personally, it's under that. Uh, me personally, I, I, it's under that too. Me, yeah, I mean, yeah, for me personally, it's under that. I think the critics are under that too, but that's only because I know what it is. But yeah, what is it then? Ninety four. Okay, critics at ninety four percent. Audience, I will also set at a ninety five percent. Hmm. Under. For me, this is like a nostalgic movie. It's like a nostalgic movie for a an era I wasn't a part of. Yeah, which is always a weird thing, but like just like Apocalypse Now, like I love, great I love movie. the aesthetic of it's that of that film. Anything that was filmed to be set in the '60s or the late the early '70s to me just feels right. So that that to me that's that's why this film means so much to me is because I don't know I just it, it's like I want to be there. I want to hang yeah. out with these people. Yeah. I want to like brings be in you that brings era. you back to a time that makes you feel good. Yeah, that I wasn't a part of, but. I think I could have been a part of. So that being said, over or under? Under for sure. I mean, yeah, it's ninety four. Yeah. Both in ninety four. Audience yeah. and critics in ninety four. Damn, that's yeah. high rated. So uh, I'm surprised by that. Which brings to the IMDb. IMDb is a five point eight. Okay. I I know what it is too, but I, I still think it's for me. It's under a seven, but and and it is under a seven. No, it's not. It's a se- seven seven. Oh, I thought it was really? under a okay, seven. Right, seven. Right. For me, it's under a seven. For me, it's like six point eight. I give this uh, my real buzz ranking is exactly a six point eight. Yeah, that's what I gave it. What's yeah. your What's your real buzz ranking, Keenan? Seven two. Okay. I I would like to get drunk with those guys. I think it hovers around a seven for. Yeah, for, I agree the, with the that. writing is fantastic. I think yeah. the writing's great. I think. I the, think they're they're the the one the big. Um, Thing I have against it is editing. I think it could have been it could have been cut better. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think the writing's fantastic. I think the acting is great. I think the comedy's very funny. So if we were only doing a ten point scale, one through ten, and not doing decimals, I think we would all agree it's a seven. Seven. Then. I'd yep. say yeah. seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I think that's great. Sure. I think it's interesting. Like as I watched this film recently on a flight here, I had like really nice headphones on. And the sound editing is so terrible on this film. Yeah. Well, bro, it, it was eighty nine. It was eighty nine, but it now it now it was eighty nine with a very low budget. But it worries me to like rewatch films that I watched as a as a kid to listen to it in like high quality sound. You can't, well, yeah, you can't as we've do learned that, on this man. podcast, but like, I, 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 you I have to understand. You have to contextualize what's happening. You have to understand that what you're listening to was made in a different time and the the quality of audio you're hearing yeah. is you, you're that's insane. You you can't judge 
a movie's audio or anything they do from an audio perspective based on what you're hearing in this high quality headphones that you have. Like this yeah. is fucking made in eighty nine. Yeah. Like and it, all that being said from Robbie, this is the same guy that doesn't consider sound part of production. Uh, well, I'd like the callback, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> but you know what? It's interesting that you say that because so many people are watching. Like today, I watched this film for the, I don't know, the umpteenth time on my phone. So and I, to Mike, do that, I, I would like to ask you, uh, what turned you on to this film and what made this film um, something that stuck with you from a nostalgic standpoint? Like what, 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 what brought this film to you? So the the reason that I got into this film to begin with is because of Keenan for for the most part. Okay. I got into Hunter S. Thompson because of Keenan, and I watched Fear you and me loathing. both. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Yeah. So Keenan is our you know catalyst for you know Gonzo journalism. And yeah. So we. I agree with that. You know, I started you know devouring things that were Hunter esque or Gonzo esque, as you could say, and. You know, this film was in that realm of like stuff that you would watch if you liked Hunter S. Thompson. And yeah, Stedman did were, the art. Uh, I, I think there's a very shades of fear and loathing in Bruce the Robinson movie, was yeah. obviously influenced by some of the stuff that in, in the writing. Wrote. I think there's shades of fear and for loathing. For sure, for um, sure. Yeah. Other than that, I don't see any other. Other than the fact that they're alcoholics, like, and they smoke weed at the end, but I don't see shades of uh, fear and loathing other than the other in the other than oh sorry Hunter. I don't see shades of Hunter other than in the writing. And uh, funny, Ken, you remember when we watched? Uh, we were very young. We went to the Unicorn downtown. Mm-hmm. We watched the uh, the documentary about Hunter Gonzo. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, it was, yeah. the, when it was just released, it was like being released to the independent theaters, and we went and watched it. And I think you were sick. Yeah, I had the flu real bad. Yeah, I think you were vomiting and shit. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, g- good movie. But remember, I was weird because my dad's a huge Jimmy Buffett guy. I was like, oh, dude, Hunter stayed in Jimmy Buffett's house for like mm-hmm. a couple. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. It was also a really interesting film. Yeah, like you realize that Hunter uh, ran for sheriff, sheriff in in in, uh, in, in Aspen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you you know he was kind of a liberal but a gun nut at the same time. Like it was interesting. Hunter was a super interesting. Not to get too off topic, but Hunter was a really interesting character, really interesting guy. Obviously pioneered a completely new form of journalism, a new form of writing in general that has never been replicated at all. Yeah, and God bless him. Rest in peace. I think he's. I think he's one that will never be replicated, and one that we'll never see again. For sure. I think I think it was with this film too. Even even aside from the Hunter uh, influences, are like, you know, this is this is kind of a guy's movie. You know, it's it's kind of. I don't know that it is. To me, it is because it's like you you want to have. It's a this, movie about guys. It's a movie about guys, but it would be great to have this relationship with someone that you yeah, can just, it's kind a movie of just fuck around yeah, with. Yeah, if you were like if you were pining for. Someone uh, like like a like a best friend, yeah, it'd be a great movie. But it's yeah. not a guy like Die Hard's a guy movie. This is a movie. It has too much emotional depth and fucking character development, and it's it's not a guy movie. But, but it's a movie me, that, about that, guys. That, that that's a great guy movie. Is like one that develops male relationships. Like I love the fact that they have kind of this complex relationship See, where you're th- that's not the normal guy. Normal guy I mean, that's a cerebral like yeah, yeah, kind of it, take. This movie's on, more cerebral, but like For sure. But guys want to see fucking Die Hard. Guys want to see I mean, I love Die Hard too. No, I do too. I do too. But uh this I wouldn't say this is a guy movie. I'd say I, I would say it's a quintessential road movie. And a road movie to me is like 
you know, the, this adventure movie. Like I can get on board with that. Movie, and I, I see it as that, maybe. All right. Well, hey, Mike, thank you so much for coming in and doing this. Of course, this, man. man. This I mean, has been fucking great, man. Fucking all the way out from New York, just for flew this. out from New York, Michigan, Mike. Hey, on the know, podcast, you know what's crazy is reals, real Buzz Takes is actually paying for the airfare and the hotel, mm-hmm. and yep. they 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 flew me out here just for this. That's how much money they're making. We right don't now. fuck That's around, crazy. man. Four stars yeah. for your hotel, by the way. Yeah, courtesy you're, you're, of Romania. You're welcome. You, thank you, God. I mean, I've never stayed at a Four Jesus, Seasons I can't, before. I can't, you know, we're lucky we called you to come out here. I can't believe it. It's either a Four Seasons or a Four Points. I can't remember <laughs> what it is. But either way, I mean, it's a great hotel. Well, thank you again for listening to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. We are the Real Buzz crew. Mike, take us out. Mm. All right, so I'd like to thank my mom. I'd like to thank uh We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. We must have it. Get the fucking cab. (laughs) Oh, thank you.